Hey everyone, Tim here. Uh, just a quick one before we start this week's episode. Um, for some reason, the audio my end decided to go haywire. I don't know why. Um, I've tried to fix it best as I can, but there are parts where my audio specifically goes a bit glitchy and a bit jumpy. Um, as I say, I've done my best to try and fix it, but my limited knowledge of these things is only a certain amount. But anyway, just kind of wanted to give a, a caveat to this episode because, yeah, it points the audio does drop. But apart from that, this is an awesome conversation. It's one that I think needs to be had in the world of football at the moment. But just wanted to give you this heads up in case you're kind of wondering what the hell's going on. So, yeah, please enjoy this week's episode. So welcome back again to Punks on the Pitch podcast. Um, as mentioned previously, uh, we have International Week in men's game. So I thought we'd take a break from the men's game and have a have a little more look on, on the women's side of things. And as previously stated on this podcast, it's not particularly my area of expertise. So I thought I'd ask a good friend of mine who is their area of expertise to come on and have a little chat. Um, she's a Chelsea uh, supporter, but also works with uh, like refugees and children of vulnerability that come over to this country. Uh, Emily Reynolds, Emily, thank you very much for for joining me and doing this with me. Thanks for having me. I I don't know if I'm an expert, but I certainly am a, a big fan. <laughs> you've you've got more knowledge than <laughs> me, so you're you're an expert in comparison. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of obviously talk a bit more about the women's game, obviously more specifically like the WSL here. But I think like just in terms of you you personally, like I don't want to kind of be presumptive, but obviously like you're originally from Australia, now living in London. But how did you kind of come to the game and what was your kind of love of the game? Where did that come from? Yeah, so that goes all the way back to childhood. So um, I have a big brother who's about 20 months older than me and um, he started playing football and um, I joined at sort of age eight. Um, so I, I did one season of netball and I was like, nah, this is, this is boring. And <laughs> yeah. I used to obviously kick the football around in the back garden with my brother a lot and his friends. So I joined um, at juniors and I played all through until until I was about sort of 15 um, thereabouts and actually had a I, I like to boast about this because I had a um, broken nose in a game and after that I was like, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> think I might have a little rest um, and then also just like became interested in punk and hardcore really and I was traveling pretty much every weekend to go to shows and just didn't really have the interest in in football um, at that point. Mm. Um, and so, th but then I didn't play for or have much involvement in football at all for a really long time and um, moved to London and found it a little tricky to access at first and to find like a team that was the right vibe, but also to kind of access games and, and, and develop a, a, you know, I got a lot of pressure when I first moved, like pick a team, pick a team. And I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't really want to initially. 
Um, and then just through, well, actually it was kind of like the lead up to the World Cup, the Women's World Cup, and um, started getting like, getting to hear about the Lionesses and, and what they're up to. And a friend of mine had a season ticket to Chelsea Women. And we went to a few matches together. And from there, I just sort of fell in love with the, the vibe down at Kings Meadow and the, and, the, and the players and just love seeing them. And yeah, that's kind of it. And then found my own, found a team as well locally in South London that um, and I joined that club just this year, actually. Mm. Yeah. And so in terms of like you kind of watching the game, obviously we'll get on to talk about like how sort of the popularity of the women's game is growing, but it's maybe still not to the point we'd like to see it. But were you initially watching like the men's game and then moved on to women, or like I don't know, has women's has the women's side of it always been like your interest? Yeah, it has actually. I I can't say I've ever really shown that much that much interest in the men's game. I'll kind of like watch the big matches. I obviously paid attention to yeah. the World Cup. I like watching Australia play. I like watching the internationals and stuff. But um, I have yeah since at least like being in London. Um, I just didn't really, um, I guess partly because I didn't really pick a team. So it was a bit like, well, I'm just kind of watching as a neutral. And, um, and I think it, it helps to kind of be a supporter and, and really, you know, get behind someone. So I think more, I've taken more of an interest in the men's game since I've started going more regularly to, um, to women's matches and, and watching mm. them. Um, but also I just, I don't know, I just really, um, I, I just really enjoy watching the women's game. It's, it's a different game and it's um, also just like going to the actual, um, to Kings Meadow and being so close to the action. Like you, you feel like you really get to know the players, which I'm sure a lot of people in men's game who are used to like smaller grassroots like matches feel as well. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just a nice vibe really. Yeah. And before we kind of move on, obviously, I always like to kind of find out what music people have been listening to recently. So is there anything you've been sort of digging recently? Do you know, I, I'm a classic. I'll always sort of go back to old classics. But a couple of like 2020 albums that I've been really enjoying is Sharp Tooth, which I've really enjoyed. Just yeah. like the rage and there's <laughs> like a 2020 feeling um, and Be Well as well, just on the more melodic side really enjoyed that new album it took me a while to get into that be well record like it was a bit too kind of like whiny american pop punk at first but the more i've listened to it the more i really yeah dig i'm it. the same i kind of it was on some playlists and the song would come on and i'd be like oh what's this and and from there that's where i kind of got into it i think like sitting down to listen to it start to finish wasn't wasn't really jamming but then eventually i was like oh yeah it's really catchy and <laughs> good yeah. And then of the other thing that I always kind of ask is like the sort of crossover between sort of punk and hardcore with football. And I think like with women's football specifically, like it's kind of a bit like, I don't want to compare it to non-league, but it's kind of got that sort of vibe where it is like the perennial underdog, like people don't expect you to like it. It's, it's a bit underground and things like that. But what, where do you kind of make the crossover? Yeah, I think for me, it's like the, the DIY of it all in terms of like women's. Um, I, I think like um, there's so much about the women's game that is punk, like just anti-establishment. Like we were, especially in the mm. UK where, you know, it was banned for 50 years and, and still people like, no, oh, we're going to play. Um, and 
and it's the kind of like coming together, the community, the, the pulling together, the camaraderie, the, um, yeah, the everything from, you know, in my club, obviously like everything is done by us for us and, and for each other and for other teams that we play against. And that for me is very similar to, um, the punk and hardcore scene where, or the parts of the punk and hardcore scene that I, I'm most drawn to of community yeah. and, and, um, yeah. So for me, I think the women's game is very punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously like before we kind of like started recording, there was a couple of like talking points that I wanted to, to bring up with you, but I thought like, just to give like complete transparency, like from my perspective, like I've kind of come to the women's game in the last maybe two, three years. Like I think, as you say, I think a lot of people, their eyes were kind of drawn to it because of the success of the Lionesses in the last World Cup and things like that. And, but like, so like people who listen to this know I'm a Portsmouth fan, but obviously the Portsmouth ladies team, like it's only been something that I've kind of kept a close eye on in the last like season or so, but they've obviously always been there, but it's something like I'd always kind of equated them to being similar to like the academy side or something like that. Like it wasn't something I've really put a massive focus on, but obviously like you, you mentioned like for yourself, like you were always drawn to the women's yeah. game. So I guess like the, the obvious question, like despite it kind of getting more media attention and more popularity, like what more needs to be done in terms of getting it, in a wider view, do you think? Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned about how um, how it can kind of be seen as like a side thing that the club do and it's not really like the mm. main thing. And um, there was a really good example of this actually a few weeks back when it was International Week for the men's and Arsenal put out a tweet saying, you know, that no football this weekend and us right now and the kind yeah, of like yeah. sad, sad people. But actually the Arsenal women were playing Tottenham in the FA Cup quarterfinal the yeah. same weekend. And I think that that's where it starts. And, and that's a top club who have invested a lot in their women's team and their women's team are incredible, really successful. And they're not even sort of saying, hey, you know, there's no men's game this weekend. Why don't you watch the women? It's on, you know, it's on the FA Play. It's free. You can access it. It's, it's easy to access. And I think that that's probably one of the kind of barriers. But um, yeah, it, 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 that's kind of across a lot of different... Um, there's not very many clubs where... Um, where they're kind of promoting things equally and a lot of people have fans have said well we you know we need to have a separate men's and women's social media account for example yeah that's what i was going to say like they've especially like on twitter and things they always have like their separate things which i kind of understand to, a, to an extent but if they're under the same umbrella like they should all kind of come yeah. as one in some, some yeah way. i agree and i think that that that's um that's a, a big a big issue um to to just be separating it out um because that's the thing that really needs to happen everyone says oh <clears throat> you know <clears throat> the women's game doesn't make as much money as the men's game okay well that's because you need to come and watch and <laughs> come and enjoy it and get involved. yeah 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 um and you know it's um, only been the wsl's only been fully professional since 2018 so it's early days really in terms of like they were all working part-time before that and studying and traveling yeah. and traveling to training and you know it's it's pretty early in terms of that's it's professionalism mm. and like in terms of kind of like um like you mentioned sort of like the the 
Arsenal game, like when they put that tweet up, like the accessibility of it, like I think it's weird because there's obviously at the moment in men's game there's been the whole debate yeah. about like the whole pay per view yeah. thing, and but you've got all this women's game as you say it's, it's there yeah. for free and but people I don't know is it something that needs to be signposted more like by like the the FA because I know again like I know the WSL itself like actively promotes it through their social media platforms but is it something that the FA needs to be do like on a weekend this weekend when we've got international football do they need to be signposting like hey this like You've got got a Manchester derby yeah. this weekend. Like it's just yeah. like we've got a Manchester derby and a, a London derby this weekend, which is incredible in the women's yeah. game. And um, yeah, and all of those matches are available. I yeah, I agree. I think that that's exactly it. Because even when I first trying to trying to find football to watch and women's football to watch, I, I really struggled to find it. But they've had um, there's this app where they show most of the games and some like sometimes BT sneakily get. Um, get the rights to big games but um yeah bbc's been showing loads the red button like it's all out there and i think that that's exactly it it just needs to be a case of like some of these clubs saying hey why don't you watch the watch the women's match but also there's been conversations about like double headers um you know could the women play at the men's stadium before the men or after the men those kinds of conversations where it's just like here's mm. the option um last like the beginning of last season most of the clubs put on their, their first match of the season at, at the men's stadium and uh, like season ticket holders could get in for free and stuff like that um, to kind of try and, I guess, capture some of the momentum from the World Cup and promote it. But yeah. then it, nothing else really has happened. Um, so, but even, I mean, obviously it's COVID and we can't go, but like to go to, am I like, my Chelsea women's season tickets, like 50 pounds or something crazy like that. Yeah. For all the games. Where you're paying like thousands to first on yeah, the bridge. It's exactly. Like... So it's it's definitely like good value for money. So um, even if you are, and you know, like often the the cup games are like three quid on a Wednesday evening or something. So. Yeah. And that was another point that I wanted to bring up because we'll obviously get to it a little bit later in terms of a specific moment. I think you're going to bring up in in something, but like in terms of, so the way I want to address this is. The, in comparison to America, like in the States, they invest heavily in their women's game. They, up until the last couple of years, like have been dominant in international women's football. And just in terms of like having players of like who are recognized as like sports personalities, yeah. so to say. And to an extent, like, if you're a fan of the women's game, like here in the UK, like you'll be able to na name sort of like your Lucy Bronze, your Ellen yeah. Whites and, and things like that. But like, it's still not to the same extent. But the reason I kind of bring this up is because the women's game over there has a big sort of following and they play in the bigger stadiums. Whereas here, like, so again, if I take Pompey as, as an example, the women's team play in Wesley Park, which is having a Waterlooville's ground, which is a non-league yeah. ground. And Chelsea, similar, they play in a smaller ground. I think pretty much all of them do in the WSL. So, I don't know, like, why, why is there that difference? Why do you think that there isn't an emphasis from the clubs to kind of, as you say, almost do that double header of like, 
okay, like it might tear up the pitch, that might be an excuse, but like have if there's like an if I don't know, say like for instance, Man United's got the evening kickoff on Sky, why not have the women do the three o'clock at Old Trafford or something like yeah. that? It's just yeah, it's. In, I I think it really starts from like they've in the US they've got like that college system where you know and a lot mm. of play, like obviously I'm Australian so we have loads of Aussies now in the WSL which I'm loving. But yeah. um, prior to that, they they would do back to back seasons. So they would do because it would like it would just it would happen to be that the leagues fall in different months. So most of those Matildas, yeah. most of those international women's players would do a season in the US and a season in Australia and just move all the time. And, um, and a lot of lionesses and ex lionesses would have done their time in, in the US in the college systems. They can go out there and study and, and play and train. And, and, and I think in the US, it's not just like the coaching, but it's all the backroom staff. It's the medical staff. It's the physios, it's the dietitians, it's their athletes. Like, it's um it's that winning kind of mentality and it's the investment and it's yeah. it's from that kind of academy ch- like childhood up that they're kind of um grooming these players up to um up to being these athletes and i think here so just one example of that like this week with the lockdown um boys academy boys they're allowed to keep training but academy girls are not yeah and that's because academy girls are not elite and you're talking about eight-year-olds like it's not like, you know, it's not the kind of level of where they're actually, they're, they're children, like there's not that much difference between them, but you're literally saying boys are elite and girls aren't, that's literally what they're saying. So, you know, there's all of that kind of um, to contend with here. And also a lot of people I play with now and a lot of people at my age and I'm friends with, like I, I played football growing up and it was probably, I think where I grew up is the most, it's the it's the biggest um, junior sport. Everyone plays football. We call it soccer. Mm. But um, here, friends of mine are like, yeah, no, in school, it wasn't even an option for girls. It was like, girls play netball, yeah. boys play football. And we couldn't, we weren't allowed to go and play football. So we've got that legacy, I think, here. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting that you brought up that point because it was something that I was going to mention about the whole academies being sort of like elite and non-elite and a player that we'll be, be talking about a bit more in a detail in a bit in a minute is like the i'm going to quote a podcast we both listened to in two girls Sport balls and they brought yeah. it up but it was something that came to mind with me as well is lauren james yeah. and reese james who are both sort of players who are both very young both playing for big clubs and at the top of their game sort of thing but it's that that idea of like, if that was a, an instance when they were both still coming through the ranks, like the authority figures, quote unquote, like turning around to Lauren and be like, "Nah, you can't play anymore." But Reese, yeah, you you go be be an international yeah. star. It's just it's just like it's so kind of like old school mentality that exists still within, like not just within like women's football but within english yeah. football which i think is a worrying problem. yeah absolutely yeah and um like obviously another thing like just whilst we're kind of on it uh, i kind of bought the the idea to you was there uh like a blog post that i saw um from it was specifically around clapton cfc but i kind of wanted to open up a bit more broadly was that obviously i know at the moment covid like we can't go to games and stuff but 
when lockdown kind of eased, like non-league and women's games were allowing fans in. And even still, like you'd think there'd be an appetite for football. There were still lesser numbers at the women's game than there were in the men's game and at certain non-league levels. So it's that kind of thing of like, how do you get bodies through the door? Like, again, like, as I said, I came to it a bit late and admittedly, like, I haven't been to half as many women's games as I'd like to, but it's something that, like, it might kind of sound a bit glory hunter from my point, but but the Pompey team's doing well at the moment, so I yeah. want to go and see them yeah. sort of thing. So it's that kind of, like, mentality of, like, I know that because I'm actively kind of seeking it out and following, but, like... I don't know, From even from a grassroots level, how do we get bodies through the door, do you think? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point because I don't think that there's many clubs asking themselves that question. Like, obviously, Clapton are, are you know, their fan base is, is very, like, left-wing and anti-fascist and, and punk. Mm. <laughs> and they're probably, they're, they're asking themselves, like, are our fans sexist? And I think that's the starting point because whenever there's a conversation like this, obviously, like, social media is the place where this often plays out but the amount of comments um around you know the women are just not as good it's not as fun I don't enjoy it as much and and they're just they're just not very good it's everywhere and it was even in um in the world you know in the men's world cup and I think um the example is Annie Aluko um who was one of two women pundits um covering the men's world cup and she gave an analysis Mm. of a game um her and alex scott were the only two female pundits and um she gave her analysis and and um the male pundit i I don't know that many male footballers (laughs) male (laughs) pundit went went very good and then the other male pundit applauding her analysis and this is a this is a you know, Annie Luco has 102 caps for England. She played for Chelsea. She mm. also has a fucking law degree. Like she's she's got brains and she's a, a professional. She'd done her homework. She did yeah. an al- she provided an analysis. And then she provided an and so then it was like this awkward moment. She provided the an analysis again and he applauded again. And the host has said something like, Are you just gonna applaud her every time she speaks? And and he said, you know, really patronizing, oh, I'm just we should go home because she knows what she's talking about. I'm I'm, ve- I'm honestly very impressed. And like, uh, so you know, talk we can go back to the grassroots, but that's that's the that's the representation. That's on a national Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what we're seeing. And we're seeing like now we're seeing more, we're seeing Karen Carney and we're seeing Alex Scott regularly on the on doing punditry and stuff, and it's amazing. But that's only two years ago where that is literally the reaction that you're getting to a woman knowing something about football and providing, you know, analysis of the game when that's literally her job, like you've paid her to come on and do that job. And, you know, I think that, you know, it can, it's a conversation about sort of the grassroots up, you know, um, I was reading about kind of the football, the fans associations, and that's really DIY and obviously I'm down at Chelsea and they, yeah. the Chelsea women's supporters group are just, they're, they're brilliant. They're kind of saddos. Like they're really like, <laughs> <laughs> they're very, very sweet. And talking about trying to organize them to, um, to have more input into kind of how the clubs run and stuff like that. And I think that that's, that's a really important conversation because, you know, mm. um, you see it where, with the men's game a lot where the fans have a, a huge influence over, 
over what's going on in the club and that so far hasn't really happened in the women's game um yeah yeah it's interesting that you mentioned like the the thing with annie aluko because i i've i can't remember her name at all but um there's there's a woman that does commentary for like match of the day and she does like the football focus things there's a couple now but she was like the first one to get a spotlight in match of the day yeah i can't remember her name and it's gonna bug me now but and i feel bad for throwing my dad under the bus but he like i remember watching it with him and he like his his reaction was like oh she's not as good is she she doesn't have the like the the passion it's like well no she, she clearly does because like the bbc have put her in that position she knows what she's yeah. doing it's just like you're so used to hearing like John Motson or Jonathan Pierce, like who have got these distinctive yeah. voices because you've now got this new voice that you're not used to. And it just so happens to be a woman. Like you're, you're a bit kind of upset by it. And it's that kind of like, as you mentioned, that sort of the, the idea of like, of sort of like fan sexist, as soon as they hear that word, it's that getting the back of like, Oh, I'm yeah, not sexist yeah. Type yeah. thing. It's just, that mentality of like, oh, they're, well, they're just they're just not as good. And I think like a shining example was the FA Cup final the other yeah. weekend. That was an incredible Wasn't game. It? Like, and I think like I watched what was it the day before? There's a Premier League game that I watched the day before that was boring <laughs> as yeah. fuck. And then I watched the women's game, and it's like end to end yeah. like drama yeah. like. Everything it had everything and like that was a perfect sort of poster for the women's game. It was game. it was amazing as a neutral but, to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know, I think because I come from like a punk background and I've had to kind of unlearn bad traits from like previous like I don't know, like generations and generations of like things from like, the patriarchy it's that kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah it's that kind of mentality of no this isn't a boys club anymore it's there for everyone everyone should have a voice and things like that and yeah i don't know it's just i think like there's obviously more that needs to be done and obviously you mentioned um the thing with the supporters club and the article that you sent me from from the guardian was this kind of idea of them tr trying to get more of a yeah. say and get more input into the clubs and i think like that i don't know maybe that's the way that we finally see some momentum go to the women's game that that if you've got a place at the table kind of thing you're kind of gonna have like more, more of a diverse voice i don't know maybe it might still take some time, yeah. but it could be a step Definitely. forward. Definitely. I think there's there's a long way to go. I mean, looking at the history of the women's game in the UK, it was banned for 50 years. Women weren't allowed to play on mm. on FA-affiliated pitches for 50 years. And, but prior yeah. to that, like tens of thousands were showing up to watch women play. There's one, one like Dick Kerr ladies who, Boxing Day 1920, they played a charity match. They just played a match and the, the records are like 53,000 and thousands waiting outside to come in who they couldn't get in. Yeah. And then that the next year, like in 2020, 2020, oh, no, sorry, 1921, that's when they banned um, 
<laughs> they banned it for women and the reason being is because football would damage women's bodies and <laughs> obviously men possess women's yeah. bodies but um also it just wasn't very ladylike wasn't it wasn't quite i think the quote is like quite <laughs> yeah. unsuitable for females um <laughs> so you know like there's a lot there's a lot of history that needs to be first of all like acknowledged and men need to know about male football fans need to know about this they need to know that you know that there was a ban and uh, prior to that, there were huge crowds turning out to watch women play. And, and uh, there was a time where the FA gave women free access to the sport because the lads were a bit too out of control. So they thought, well, maybe you could put ladies mm. in the fair, you know, they'll calm down stuff like that. Um, so women are, have always been interested in football. They've always enjoyed coming and watching mm. and participating and playing. And um, yeah, we were stopped from doing it. So yeah. um, there's, a, there's a long, I think there's a long way to, to go. And, and even things like at a grassroots level, like trying to just find pitches and book pitch, you know, that kind of thing was often, you know, there's um, lots of kind of women's clubs who struggle to find space because they will prioritise men's teams in booking those spaces to play and stuff. So yeah. there's a lot, a long way to go. Um, but I think we can, I think, you know, there's momentum and people are interested. And, and if, mm. if anyone watched that FA Cup final, I mean, it's brilliant extra time yeah. had, like the goalkeeper coming up at the end to try and get a last minute they, goal and oh everything yeah it was i felt sorry for everything because i think they i think the scoreline kind of flattered city a bit yeah. but yeah that was a, that was an incredible was. game and um just in terms of like because you as mentioned you've been to far more like live games than i have and i don't know like you prove me wrong if 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 this isn't the case but because obviously like especially at the end of like the the world cup as i say there was like this kind of like buzz around the, the women's game and kind of people were starting to pay a bit more attention to it but do you still find like specifically like men that are attending women's games yeah. like i don't know are they like maybe if they start going a bit more regularly then yeah it's a bit differently but like if they're going to like a one-off do you think they still kind of treat it as a bit of a novelty kind of thing in terms of like oh this might be a bit of fun let's go watch the women sort of thing <laughs> yeah. like have you ever come across that or i or feel not? like there's a there's a mixed bag like um the chelsea games that i go to and i've been to quite a last season went to quite a few away matches as well so did get some kind of other we went to like the away match at Arsenal and we went to a couple of FA games and mm. stuff, FA Cup games. And it is different everywhere, but w there's like a core of people who've come to know each other. And, and, you know, like we, I kind of keep myself, I go with my, my friend and, and her, and her partner, like there's a sort of three of us, we always go and mm. we kind of keep ourselves to ourselves, but we, we watch and we observe and we know, and like, we've got nicknames for all the <laughs> regulars and stuff. <laughs> And yeah. I do think there's a mixed bag. We've, we, you know, when we went to see the Lionesses at Wembley play Germany about this time last year it was, and you still get kind of that attitude a bit at those bigger matches. And, you know, you do hear like we had to kind of turn around and tell someone to shut up when he was, um, there was like a, I can't even remember what happened, but he sort of said like a German bastard or whatever. And we're like, dude, you don't need to point out their nationality. <laughs> like that's not yeah, really yeah. the vibe. And I was with a German, so she was obviously pretty pissed off about that. Um, <laughs> so there is still some of that. And we went to the, the last, the last live match I went to was, was the Conti cup final. Um, 
just before yeah. lockdown and we traveled up for that and there was a bit of bit of that where it was kind of like oh yeah they're just sort of lads out um for a laugh or whatever but then i also was so because there was a lot of criticism around the continental cup matches not being available so the one there was one match that chelsea played a couple of weeks ago and it, we no one was showing it so chelsea put it on facebook and on on their channels and then and i was yeah. kind of watching the comments and there's lots of people kind of popping in being like oh this is i've never watched a women's match before but this is brilliant they're playing great and stuff like that but i think once yeah. you get in the door and if you're if you're kind of watching and you're you're enjoying it then you will think yeah this is amazing and i'll, I'll come back and also i think the vibe at a lot of women's matches is is very family friendly so you see like dads down there with all their their kids and um mm. i think so that's slightly different it's not you're not going out to with the boys you know you're you're taking the yeah. kids to watch their heroes play and they love them and then they at the end the, the players come over and say hello and it's just a really nice nice feeling so there's not as much of that i'd say at the actual smaller smaller matches but certainly i have come across it at like wembley and when we went to we traveled to nice to watch some of the world cup games and stuff you do see that mm. more and i'm really worried i'm really scared that that is some of that stuff is kind of creeping in um and i don't want it to because that's part of the reason why i like women's <laughs> yeah. football is that you don't see as much of that bullshit from the fans and in terms of kind of like you mentioned there sort of like dad going with, with their families and sort of like seeing these heroes on the pitch and stuff and like i think the one good thing is is kind of where there is a bit more visibility nowadays that younger women are seeing these players that are playing for like you i'm going to take like the big four yeah. so like your arsenal's your man city's united your chelsea sort of thing because they're the names that are in the headlines in the men's game yeah. sort of thing but like the thing that i think could help and i think it'll be a long time until it happens but if you were to for instance like take fifa like the computer game if you were to have like the women's teams in those games so these kids can play as like viv yeah. or something like that like i think that would have like a huge kind of impact on their approach to the game and obviously like we see with everything like politics hardcore like it's a youthful movement yeah. like the youth need to move it to the next step so I th that's just something I'd definitely like i mean and fifa fifa 21 i think does well, i'm not really a video game person but i'm pretty sure they do have like women's players and women's leagues and stuff on there now and uh, yeah oh, okay. i saw something the other day where actually um Sam Kerr was playing against um, maybe someone from Man City. Yeah, against um, Georgia Stanway. They were having a FIFA comp and they were playing as, as themselves. So, so that's kind of, there is there. Because that's the thing, because I know on the, on the, well, I've got, so I've got FIFA 20 and they've got the, like the women's international mm. teams, but not, not the actual club. The club yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, yeah that you're right that would be amazing and and just in general yeah. i think like having like like we talked about a while already is like the kind of joint instagram accounts and like sh sharing like at stanford bridge there's a massive poster of um of frank kirby it's massive and it's up mm. there with all the legendary men and that's the kind of stuff that really needs to happen um 
that that you and so that young girls can look and think yeah i could actually be a i could grow up and be a footballer and i could make not a yeah. good living but i could <laughs> i could survive <laughs> yeah. um yeah and just before we move on to like the the crux of what i've kind of asked you to bring to the table like it just kind of reminded me you saying about sort of like obviously like women have always kind of been a big part of football and things like that and it reminded me what so before I went away to uni, me and my dad were season ticket holders at Pompey. And there was a lady that sat next to my dad who was probably, has it a guess, like early 70s, like mid 70s. But she'd obviously been going to Fram Park for years. And she went on her own every single week, like obviously had built friends up because she'd been going for years. But it's that attitude of like, nope, this is my club, like, this, I deserve my place yeah. here. And she was kick-ass. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, even as a sort of, like, a 15, 16-year-old, I thought, this woman's fucking yeah. cool, like, coming along, shaking her fist. At, <laughs> Just as passionate, yeah, like, the women cry when yeah. we lose. Like, you know, even, like, Sunderland Till I Die is a great example in the documentary. Like, you see the passion mm. in those fans. Like, this is everything, and, and it's it's no different, Um for the for the women fans i think they're probably mm. maybe less visible and you know that you, it kind of lad culture makes it harder for them to go and enjoy it but um they're there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well as i kind of said at the at the top of the show like the, the women's game as much as i'm trying to kind of get to know it better it's still not like my knowledge isn't as good as yours so i asked you to bring sort of your your five players within the the world of women's football that you kind of thought fit the sort of punk aesthetics yeah. so we'll go through we'll go through the list so who do you want to start with i think first? i want to start with megan rapino if that's all right yeah i think she's that she's kind of like <laughs> the obvious choice the obvious yeah. and most well yeah. known so why why okay megan? so megan is she was the first white athlete um, to take a knee in solidarity with Kaepernick in 2016. And I just think that's a, a pretty remarkable um, choice to make four years ago. Um, now, mm. I, I just, I was just watching an interview with her. Um, that was, that was kind of on the BBC. Um, everyone takes a knee now. <laughs> and she, yeah. she was uh, doing that four years ago and she did really risk a lot. Um, you know, the FA wasn't behind her, no one else in the team was kneeling. There's a, you know, photos of her. She's the only, only person kneeling and the rest of the team are standing with their hands on their hearts singing. I, th I think in that photo as well, she's next to a black, yeah, a black player as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and obviously everyone else is thinking, oh, I don't want to ruin my career and stuff. But yeah, that, you know, her, her FA went behind her. Her coach, Jill Ellis, was not supportive at all. So I just think that's a that's a cool, amazing starting point for Megan Rapino. But then obviously, like, she has become a bit of an icon and and you know celebrating goals and that kind of stuff. I just think she's had a lot of oh, and she actually she had a proper like Twitter fight with with Trump where Trump was like, well, you can't come to the White House, and she was like, well, I can go to the White House anyway. I don't want to fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so just you know, she's just really got the courage of her convictions, I think, and. Um, yeah, and you know, and, uh, people have really criticised her sort of arrogance and that kind of thing. But I just think you wouldn't get that if it was an, a man in the same position celebrating goals and 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 loving it and just 
being passionate about the, about winning and, and being on top of your game and just all of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, she's obviously the top pick because she, she fits the aesthetic, but she's an activist um, and she's, um, you know, spoken out about all sorts of issues and I just, I just love her. <laughs> yeah. And obviously she was like a big part of kind of like the, the push for equal, for pay. equal pay for, for yeah. women. And I think like, so I've taken a quote from like the report that was kind of around that. And I think, so this is like some American uh, soccer lawyer, as they, it's, I'm using their terminology, um, was in response to her kind of bringing this to the table in the first place. And the quote that he put was, market realities are such that women do not deserve to be paid equally to men. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, the fact that she, like she's got this sort of, top probably earning thousands of dollars like lawyer saying that to her like basically go going go away yeah literally that and she and she's been like no fuck you i'm gonna i'm gonna push this and like obviously it's still not like equal yet but at least it's making waves and as you say she's kind of become like the poster child for that and almost like a poster child for like the anti-establishment in not just women's football but in football yeah. which i think is incredible yeah. and um i think i really really want to read her autobiography yeah like it's just like the brief kind of like snippets that i've kind of read and seen already is just I, it's just she seems like a really fascinating yeah person. yeah absolutely and i think she's had a really like i uh, i remember like criticisms of her like well she's not she's um taking it too far and you know all that kind of stuff and I just think she's really she's a really accomplished athlete actually and she she you know yeah um I mean she's a two-time world cup winner like I can't say that you can't say that (laughs) no exactly um yeah and and because she's put herself out there she's she's um copped a lot of criticism and and there's a lot of women in that position as well like Annie Aluko is one of them Alex Scott's one of them Karen Pony. they're all they've all copped it paving the way for others mm. and I think just before we kind of move on to the next player that obviously at the moment she is kind of in kind of promotion mode because as I say she has got this autobiography out so she's in the headlines a lot at the moment but she's still despite the fact that she's there to kind of sell a book. She's not kind of shying away from topics. And she obviously had a pop shot at the WSL in terms of the way that it's not kind of, it's only just sort of catching up, but it's still years behind. And, and again, like, I think a quote that I I took from her, she put, I think women's football in England is the same as America. It's so far behind that what we've um, had to overcome just lacks the investment, which is just kind of like, even though she's obviously never played in this country apart from like in internationals, she's kind of seen from afar and she's like, okay, I can use my position. Like I'm going to have a dig and like just kind of move this along. And, and that's, that's kind of like what we see in like punk movements is like once you've got like a bigger band or something that's kind of prodded the bear and everyone else kind of joins in. So I think that's kind of, I like to think like Megan Rapinoe is kind of like 
uh, are sick of it all. Or <laughs> yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And like the, the WSL is kind of like the band that's still in their parents' garage recording their first demo, <laughs> which is why it's pumped yeah. to get involved now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. perfect right who are we going next? i think you mentioned her already so let's talk about lauren james um yeah i've picked her because partly because she's she's terrifying um and, <laughs> and i've seen her i've seen her in in action at king's meadow and um i was like oh god i want her on to come sign for chelsea but i don't want her to ever play against yeah. chelsea she's one of those players she um the part of the reason why i picked her is obviously like she's 19 she's just so talented um absolutely phenomenal player but there's one game from last year which i'll never forget in which she um she had a had a booking earlier in the game the commentators naming her player of the match and as they pan the camera to her to say player of the match is lauren james she's issued a red card in the 90th minute <laughs> and i was just yeah. like I just, I just found that really punk like um, yeah. <laughs> and she's yeah she's get sent sent off in the 90th minute when they'd won the game and um, player of the match, and uh, again I think as well I want to highlight her because she's a she's a person who is in the shadow of a brother and I very rarely mm. hear commentators say here's Lauren James an accomplished incredibly talented footballer without saying oh and her brother plays for Chelsea, and, yeah, um, yeah and I think that that's a really you know difficult position. The other thing is well she's been injured and. Um, I was watching the um, an, a United match. Might have been the first match of the season actually, because they played they played Chelsea opening weekend, and she was injured. But she's on the bike on the side, and she just looks menacing. And I was like, she could she could front <laughs> a, like a hardcore band. She's punk. <laughs> <laughs> and like, obviously, you mentioned, and I've kind of mentioned as well, is the fact that obviously she is kind of unfortunately in the shadow of her brother. But I think like it's ironic how they like despite them playing in different positions obviously like she's a she's a striker yeah. and he's a wing back but they have very similar playing styles in that they're both very fast they're both very powerful so players powerful, yeah. and i think that's something that like i don't know maybe you don't see that much in the women's game is is like a powerful player like i know they there are some but like when i view the women it's a lot more technical and it's a lot more about like pass and go and, and things like that whereas with her it's that kind of burst of acceleration I'm gonna burst through yeah. like the defense and like this, I'm kind of gonna credit her dad because I think yeah. she even has said it in interviews herself like he clearly knows how to train yeah. a player because like okay I'm, I'm gonna bring Reese in here, but that's what he brings to his game. He's got that acceleration, he's got that burst of power. And it's the same yeah. with Lauren. Like so it's yeah, clearly like he knows how to do yeah. something. And it's translated for both the players. But yeah, I think she's so, like again, she's only, only 19. nineteen. I can't believe she hasn't it's... been called up to like training camp yet with the Lionesses. Cause that is that yeah. like you say, that physicality and the strength, like that is that is there in the women's game and and it, it can be something where like if play if played to your advantage you know that defenders aren't ready for it and she has that mm. she brings that and um yeah yeah and the other thing that I, I saw just kind of like doing a bit of reading about her is i think it was 
I think she'd she just signed for United and literally within like a couple of weeks. So for people that don't maybe know the wider women's game, Lyon in France are kind of deemed as like the Real Madrid yeah. of, of the women's game. They were literally sniffing around before she'd pretty much played a game for Man United, which I thought was quite yeah. incredible. Yeah, absolutely. She's, I mean, yeah, she's got such a career in front of her, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. Where are we going? I think next? on the on the theme of Manchester United, we might have to go Casey Stoney next. Yeah. Um, because because Casey Stoney obviously is the Man United manager, um, and I've put her in as a punk because she's another one who's just never shied away from calling people out and calling clubs out. And, <laughs> yeah. And she's very anti-establishment. I think um, when she was younger, she played for Charlton, and Charlton men did really badly, and and so they disbanded the women's team because they said, "Well, we can't afford to like keep both of you," even though the women's team were doing better than the men's team. And she was she tore them to shreds for that. Um, mm. She's just like a really, uh, she's another kind of paving the way per a woman. I see she's really like pioneering. She um, lockdown, so from t tier three. So the only two, only the top two tiers of women's football is allowed to continue. So she brought players up from tier three to, to be in her squad so they can continue to train. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. So just like little things like that, where she's really like, she's really um, there for, for building other people up and bringing them up with her. And, and she knows what it's like to kind of struggle through. She obviously, she came out as, she only came out as gay in like 2014 or something. So that's yeah, really... Yeah really challenging and um she obviously she speaks her mind and i don't know if you know about you probably um know about this event where she uh called someone out for refusing to wear an lgbt um charity shirt it was an american player yeah yeah and she was caught on microphone calling her schizophrenic which is obviously horrendous yeah. and you shouldn't ever poke fun at mental health but this woman was saying god spoke to her and told her she couldn't she shouldn't play because she has to wear this charity lgbtq shirt and obviously like that's a um, pretty extreme statement to make and she um she had words about that um yeah like and obviously she kind of apologized yeah. for using that use yeah. of language but the the sentiment was kind of what was, what was the relevant exactly point and the sentiment was exactly that and i think that you know that's another thing of, of that you know the patriarchy hurts everyone because yeah. you know there's no way that there's no gay men in the men's game but um that's the yeah. kind of kind of stuff that these these kind of initial these women have had to do to make sure it was safe for others to to come out and be themselves and and you know that's um that's something i really admire casey stoney for just also think she mm. i mean to have united only joined the wsl last season and they're already i think they're top of the league this week aren't they yeah they are yeah and i think like so she's one of the players that kind of i think before like the current crop like her along with sort of faye white and alex scott were kind of like the trio of names that i did yeah. know sort yeah, of yeah. thing so like as you say she's she's always kind of been like a prominent figure and someone that was always kind of shouting about like the game from from a women's yeah. perspective and obviously like what we mentioned earlier the whole sort of elite versus non-elite uh, elite sorry academies like she was very much one of the voices that was talking out of it like this is fucking yeah. ridiculous kind yeah of absolutely thing. um there was one more thing that i was going to say oh yeah and like kind of what you mentioned there is just like i didn't realize about the whole sort of her bringing up like 
lower category players to the first team, but like she's always kind of been uh like an ambassador for the like younger women's yeah. game. So like I can't I'm trying to flick through and find it now, but I can't. But there was a, an example where she basically was I think she was at like a lower lower league team and she spotted like a few players and was basically like went to it might it must have been Man United. No, it was Lincoln, I think it was, where she used yeah. to play. She basically went to them and was like, You need that person, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, sort of like that kind of attitude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She yeah, exactly. That that's the kind of thing you hear about Casey Stoney all the time is like she's a badass and she's tough and you wouldn't want to cross her, but she she really has your back and and she wants to build up other people around her and build up other women. And even like, you know, Willie Kirk who's gone on to to manage um, Everton he he was her assistant manager and and even that she's like pro- looking at progress around her staff and that kind of thing so I just think she's yeah she's a cool mm. character right here we go here we go next. I think we should go for Brandy Chaston next and that's yeah. just because it's such an iconic moment um scoring the 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 penalty kick that won the world cup and ripping off her shirt and knee sliding and it's just such mm. a like iconic image of um of a really powerful woman celebrating a, a goal and and I don't know like I I feel like I, I don't know that much about her but that's just such an iconic image like dr- like drawn like just drilled into my head and, and she's gone on to do lots of stuff around sort of charity work and and talking about using her platform in a really positive way um mm. I was thinking back to this quote that like football causes damage to women's bodies and thinking like look at brandy chaston like that is a strong <laughs> strong woman yeah like, yeah just just an athlete and um yeah love that just passion and yeah it's funny that you say that because like again when you sort of like gave me your list i was doing sort of a bit more like digging and reading and she's kind of said because obviously like nowadays like everyone kind of brings that yeah. up and, and things like that and she and she says like the first thing she because like people are like oh so what what does that picture mean to you now and she's like i need to go to the gym <laughs> because obviously like in that picture she's ripped. just like yeah ripped. but um the other funny thing like i i only saw like because it was an edited clip so i don't i don't really know who the other players were but it was it was players from that 1999 team and they were talking about like that the the, moment final and sort of and things like that and so so one of the other ones were like oh so where like where is that sports bra now like kind of jokingly and brandy just turned around was like oh yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah it kind of reminds me of this this like because that's such a historic moment and it kind of reminds me of that like well-behaved women's sort of seldom make history quote which it, it kind of like is that iconic like you wouldn't expect oh you know men men rip their shirts off all the time but you wouldn't expect a woman to yeah. do it and it's just like just a big like fuck you and um what and what a re- like release and a relief to have got that goal in that moment like yeah packed crowd and yeah and um yeah just think it's a cool because because that was the thing as well, like I was reading sort of um, like retrospectives and, and things like that. And there was a lot of, because as you mentioned, like, not, obviously not nowadays, because like if players take off their shirt, they get a yellow yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. But 
back in the day, like it was a regular occurrence that you'd see like men run and take off their like the iconic one that always springs to mind for me is Ryan yeah. Giggs when he did that insane run down the wing. But and then seeing his disgusting hairy <laughs> chest. But um but with her, everyone was sort of like, Oh, she's done it because it's like a quote unquote strip tease yeah. and all this sort of thing. And she's come out and was like, No, it was a moment of insanity. <laughs> I had this adrenaline yeah. rush and I just thought, fuck it, kind yeah. of thing. This is not like I premeditated Yes, I'm going to score the last penalty that will win the World yeah. Cup. I'm it's just like, I'm not a mind reader yeah. sort of thing. I can't see into the no, future. Absolutely. Um, but the other thing as well, I I tried to find pictures of it. Admittedly, this was very last minute, so they probably are out there. But apparently, um, so uh, 20 years on, so last year, 2019, they, so it was in the... The finals at the Rose Bowl Stadium, which I don't know whereabouts in America that actually is, but it's a pretty fucking big stadium. Um, but apparently, there's a statue of that yeah, celebration yeah. outside the the stadium now. There is, so yeah. That's pretty. Yeah, that's really cool. cool. And yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Cool. Right. So, who is our final? Of this the five? is purely because I find it hilarious, and I, I wanted to chat to you about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chloe, Chloe Kelly. Part, you know, she has. There's punk elements to her she's really a graft and she's worked really hard but just because of her penalty mm. kick style basically um it's kind of like yeah. one-legged um so yeah flamingo like a flamingo sort of style. and i just think that is that is punk oh see i was trying like because so when you said it i was trying frantically to find like interviews with her or anything that kind of explains why she does it but i couldn't find i've anything. heard but I, I haven't seen anything like quoted but i've heard that it's it's she has said things like it puts the goalkeeper off and Which it, would, it would be like what the fuck are you doing yeah. but also it's like a muscle memory thing so it's kind oh, of okay. like a like some you know like I, I was thinking about kind of like you know sometimes 10 pin bowlers they they move their leg in a certain way like it's just this kind of like muscle memory to like trigger a series of body movements to that away. Yeah, I guess like if you're kind of in like that sort of zone of taking a penalty, like you want to kind of get in like a like a neutral, calm kind of zone. So yeah, maybe maybe it's part yeah. of that. I don't, don't know. know. I mean, I just think it looks really bizarre and cool and <laughs> <laughs> like like you said when I sent it to you, like you know she roll into a two step and <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that would, I'd love it to see her just do that, just start cracking out <laughs> a yeah. in the pedal. Yeah. A nuisance of herself. She's won it back. Here's Kelly. That's to cut him from that left flank onto her right. Might fancy having a go. Does. Oh, what a goal! Everton have the lead. A strike of the highest quality. It doesn't get much better than that. Chloe Kelly with the goal. So, um, another reason I wanted to kind of talk to Emily is she's one of the the first few people that we've had that actually plays the game and you've mentioned sort of like your journey into it a, a little bit but obviously your team south women's ladies and then south under women unfortunately at the moment because, <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> um but obviously unfortunately because of the moment of covid like you're not playing at the moment but yeah kind of talk a bit about your team what it's all about because i know for, again from like quickly snooping at the website you're always kind of actively looking for more people to join yeah. and 
I guess kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, like there's a, a bit more of like a family friendly vibe to the women's game. And that's like even just clicking on a website, that's definitely something yeah. you get. So yeah, t- talk us through through the club. Give, give us a bit more information. Yeah. So yeah, so I was kind of like, I'd been looking for a club for a while and, uh, and um, trained uh, some other places and just didn't really feel the vibe was right. For me, I was looking for something that was like fun. That's really focused on improvement and getting better, but not... Um, not so like I would have to try out or anything and um and yeah kind of came across South London women um through just like googling grassroots women's football South London basically (laughs) and um yeah so the way so our club is essentially like um one squad but we have sort of four teams so we have two Mm. teams that um that play on a Sunday league and they're 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 a bit more serious and really um good and before COVID stopped us um, toward the end of last season, both were in promotion positions. Obviously that was really disappointing to not get to finish out the season and hopefully win promotion. Um, But that's a kind of like um, Sunday league. And then we've got sort of a more casual um, Saturday league that is, it's not every week, but it's kind of uh, every few weeks and there's cups and stuff that we play as well. And then we've got like a little, a -a five-a-side team, and a, like a, um, that's kind of more focused on development and um, and getting time on the ball and getting passes in and just practicing those those skills. And um, yes, yeah, so I I I went to a training and, um, and was like, oh my god, I'm I was really feeling it. Like I definitely haven't played football in a really long time. Yeah, um, yeah. but they they're really um, they're looking at like, are you do you have the right value set to be part of this club? And it's like. Um, you know, are you, are you focused on getting better? Are you, you know, um, learning? Are you, you, you know, you part of this community? And, um, and uh, thankfully they asked me to join. And then um, I joined, played, I think I played one match and then uh, the season got ended because of COVID. So I'd only just been in the club for a, a few months. And yeah. Um, but what was really cool during lockdown, we did all these um, Zoom sessions. We we're doing tactic sessions and our coaches were, we've got, uh, four coaches now and they were kind of doing like uh, tactics videos and showing us clips and talking through the way we play and doing a lot of education and we were doing fitness once a week as well um, on zoom and when we were able to train again in the summer it was just like glorious and amazing and um, yeah, yeah. We're back in lockdown now and the season's paused and we're waiting to kind of see what happens but um, yeah, that's essentially kind of it. It's, it's all just everyone that's in the club pitches in um, and volunteers all the way from like kit to match secretaries to our, you know, treasurers and, and, and everyone is just like pitching in. Um, and really, it's been really cool over the summer because we have just had so many people wanting to come and come and train and, and, and participate. Mm. And I think partly that's because of our social media and our, our website and stuff, which that they've, I mean, yeah, if you follow us, you'll see, it's just really, um, really engaging and, it, you know, really tells you what we're about. But also I think like organized sports was kind of one of the few things we were, one of the few things we were allowed to <laughs> do. do yeah. And, um, and people had been in lockdown <laughs> and thought, Oh yeah, kind of fancy. Um, football and a lot of people have joined more recently that's what they're saying is like oh yeah I was like why did I, why did I stop like me why did I ever stop this it's really it's fun and it's yeah. amazing and it's it's great it's social and you meet people and um every everyone's wonderful and um yeah so 
it, we had some massive training sessions during the summer and even up to recently um, with lots of new players coming along and, and training. And it's been really, really nice to kind of meet people and get to know people. And um, yeah, I mean, I, my role in the club is um, like, I, I help with um, organizing some of the um, five-a-side games, which has been really fun to do mm. that. Um, but I'm certainly not like a first or reserves player. I'm just like <laughs> slugging away and, and trying my best. And um, that's what they, that's what they, that's all that matters really is that. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask. Like, cause you said, obviously they've got teams that are playing in the Sunday league that were pushing for promotion, but then they've got, you've got these other squads, but it's kind of like that mentality of everyone's kind of there in, even though they're split off into different teams, you are yeah. one team kind of Yeah, thing. and that, I think that's been really difficult to maintain during lockdown, actually, because um, just training spaces and there's limits and we can't all come together. Like, over the summer, we were able to all train together on Clapham Common and um, and it was really fun. And obviously now it, we need to train under lights and the pitches are smaller and, and we've split, we've had to split a little bit. But that's kind of one of the core values. It's, like, literally four, four teams, one squad. Like, that's what we're always saying is... We are yeah. four teams on squad, and we are. The way they run is is like you put down when you're available, and the coaches will select who's going to play that week, and you get an email saying you've been put in the squad for this week. So it is literally like that, and no, there's no like first team reserves team. There's no. It's just like we all put yeah. down when we're available, and the coaches will um, pick the teams, and it's a really supportive environment. There's been times when like yeah, where there's you know few people all playing the same position and, and they're just everyone's just really encouraging of each other and um there's no like oh how come she got selected and I didn't there's none of that it's just like <laughs> yeah. um it's just really nice nice vibes down there so yeah that's so where first do you actually play we play all over the place but most the Saturday games um we play on Clapham Common and the which is <laughs> interesting during the summer it's like um <laughs> playing in in it's just dust and then during the winter it's just mud yeah so um <laughs> yeah. and then um the the teams that are in the league they they travel for away games but we play it and we have a home ground edward allen which is in um Hernhill kind of way and yeah oh, okay so yeah, yeah. that's that's there and um and that's a really nice pitch actually so and then the five side mm. league is just in in clapham in like a little um school but we're we're um it's got like it's like the really really old astro where it's basically like carpet over concrete so we don't Yo, like, love yeah, the yeah. pitch there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like you mentioned earlier like it's very much kind of diy and sort of everyone kind of like pitches in and and things like that so you could in terms of like coaching and and things like that obviously like you've got specific coaches as you said like t talking tactics and and things like that but like i don't know how does it kind of work in terms of like breaking it down like not saying like again like first team reserve and, and things like that but is it kind of that mentality of like i guess kind of like working at the the lowest pace if that makes sense like like I'm going to make an analogy of climbing yeah. here. So like everyone goes at the pace of the person that's the slowest, if if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that you'll, you've got players that are 
necessarily slow, but obviously like depending on fitness levels or injuries or whatever, is that how it works? Or do, do people kind of focus on different specific aspects of training? How does that work? Yeah, so um, it, is, it is essentially that. We, we kind of like, um, we're, we're almost like a development squad and a, and a, a like a, a league squad, a squad that kind of plays. So right, okay. in terms of that, there are kind of, there are core things that we all do. So we all have like um, the same, um kind of at the beginning of training we all do the same warm-up we all do the same exercises so we have to do press-ups and core exercises and all that stuff and we all do that and we'll all do passing drills like that's just the bread and butter um and then yeah. there are um ascent, like the five-a-side was the perfect example of that or it's like you know in a five-a-side team you get you game you get much more time on the ball so you can practice your passing and your your um you know all of those little skills that really you need to embed for an 11 aside because when you're playing out on the big pitch, you're just not getting as many touches. So that's why they, they, they've brought in the five aside to, to kind of let people build their confidence there. Um, and before going on to um, the bigger games and yeah, that's basically obviously for the Sunday team, we always put our best foot forward. We always put our best players on the pitch and, um, and that's really important because that's, everyone wants to do well and we all celebrate when we do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, a lot of the other players who aren't playing will come down and watch. And um, it's, it's, it's been really nice to kind of, I've not been in the Sunday game, so I'm just sort of on the sideline watching and cheering on. And that's, that's really um, important as well. So really it's often yeah. the kind of thing that can make the difference. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of how it's done. And, and we've got, at the moment we've got two training pitches so um the coaches will say which which training they want us to go to depending on exactly that which which area of the kind of skill set we're working on um and yeah and that's just kind of how it is and i think that it's a really it's pretty impressive because there's a lot of us i'm not sure how many but there's a lot of us and coaches know you individually and they know where, where you're at and that's they cool. will give you sp like specific feedback and say like you know this is what you need to work on or, or whatever so um and then in terms of like fitness we do like a um a fitness session every thursday evening on zoom which is um, yeah brutal <laughs> <laughs> and just in terms of like for yourself like as you mentioned it kind of you were sort of like looking for a team and it kind of took you a while sort of thing. like what have you kind of found personally like i guess like benefits as as well as sort of like the idea of kind of community and stuff, but what have you kind of found like great about joining the club? Um, I, I mean, I just, yeah, it's been just, I, to, to see the improvement. So it's been a long time since I'd played football and when I first joined, I was really not very good. And, and to now, obviously, <laughs> like I feel like I'm playing better. I feel like I've improved and I mm. obviously enjoy it more because we're playing better. Um, and that's, that's been probably for me just on a personal level like a really good achievement I you know I played all through juniors and I never got it was never like amazing but obviously um did did okay but also I was younger and <laughs> could run a lot faster and a yeah, lot yeah. further and that carried me quite far so that on a personal level but then just getting to know um like the other players and 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 you know we're very social club so there'll always be like you know, drinks and pub after and stuff like that. And we'll all yeah, of that yeah. kind of stuff. And, and that's, um, I think particularly like 
London can be really um, can be really lonely at times and and you've got that shared interest and that you know that shared drive to do well um, and yeah I think find you you find your place and um, and yeah taking some responsibility for the club and and pitching in and you know like there's been times like cycling home with like the kit bag on my back and stuff and it, like <laughs> yeah. that all that stuff it just feels like you're part of something you feel connected and you like washing the socks and stuff just real basic stuff but it's just it's it's um it's purpose and it gives you kind of motivation to keep going and yeah mm. that's all. and i guess like to relate it back to like punk and hardcore like that kind of like idea as you say like taking yeah. the kit home and washing it sort of thing like you're maybe not necessarily going to do that at a hardcore <laughs> show but like it's that kind of mentality of like specifically like with DIY shows that like everyone's kind of like mucking in like somebody might know someone that's got a PA yeah. that you can borrow some like you've got your mate doing the door yeah, exactly and things yeah like, that. like it's it sounds like it's kind of that world but in in a different sort of sphere it's that absolutely that and I think that, that everyone plays a role and even if your role on on that day is just to be there and watch the band and pay your entry yeah. like that everyone's got a got a role and, and everyone can find their role and, and figure out what their strengths are and, and play to that and I think that that for me is it ultimately how punk and hog punk and hardcore and, and football um, r resonate with me because it is that same kind of thing and, yeah. and you know I've, I've in in punk and hardcore I've never like been in a band or, or done anything like that but I do feel like being a being a fan being a music fan and turning up and all of that is just a, is a is a contribution as well and um, mm. yeah that that sometimes is not as appreciated Six as well options, and there we go an equalizer Lauren James back in the side and back on the score sheet. Great work from Sigsworth and United have an amazing... So we've come to the conclusion, which is also my favourite part of the show, where uh, my guest brings uh, musicians onto the pitch, which obviously is the name of the show. Um, but obviously we bring a start in 11, so how we kind of kick it off? Have you got a name for your team? Um... I, you know, I actually didn't come up with a name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I had such so, a hard time picking right, we'll my get... eleven, so <laughs> I'll come up fair. with it for later. Right. Have you, have you got a formation? Yeah, I've I've got a um a four five one formation. Okay, cool. Right. So we always start in goal. So who have you got in goal? So I've got um Carly from Slingshot Dakota in goal. Okay. And the reason I've gone for that is because her stage name is Carly Commando. And so I want to see some like commando roles, you know. Bit of flair bit of flair in goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's cool. tough. I like yeah, 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 she's very tough. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, cool. Right. Who who's in front of Carly then? So I've put um Kim Deal from Pixies and Breeders in uh, centre back. Um I, yeah just just again kind of tough and strong i want a really like strong defensive line yeah and then i've put <laughs> this is um cat from fam i've put her in center uh, back okay. as well <laughs> uh again bringing the rage bringing the um the um yeah the strength there i think like this is no disrespect to cat but i can imagine her being like 
quite a commanding defender yeah. as well in yeah. terms of like shouting at people and telling <laughs> exactly yeah and she'll have the view of the game and she'll be telling you telling you what's what's what needs to happen so yeah, yeah. cool here we got uh, wingbacks i've got um lauren kashan from um from sharp tooth in there as well again just some some like rage and feminist yeah. rage um that <laughs> one on the pitch and then left back i actually put in um this may be a slightly out there one but grace petrie who is like a kind of um singer songwriter who um yeah just i, I just felt like she again I, i've gone for a very tough strong <laughs> strong back i mean line. that's that's what you need for, yeah. for defense you want yeah. that kind of almost like bully mentality sort of yeah you're not getting through and if you do you have to face carly so who's <laughs> just rolling around the place <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what i hope anyway um cool yeah so who have we got in the in the midfield okay i don't know if you'll let me get away with this one but i'm gonna try um, <laughs> okay jackie gronin yeah who, like, no, you... she plays guitar yeah, I was just saying, get away with that. Okay, cool. So, so <laughs> even though she's she's a um, Man United player and a Dutch international footballer, <laughs> she does. I mean, tough. we've we've had it in um, Ian Dowie in, in one team because he turned up at someone's pub. So, you, okay, cool. At least this one has a musical like, reference. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and the next one also has a musical reference. I've put in Kai as well, Kai from Necra and. Uh, okay. Pose, etc. Who's a big yeah. Arsenal fan and um, plays football, coaches yeah. I think as well. So Kai's definitely in there, and I think she's my club captain, team captain. Good, good shout. Yeah. yeah, I think like she's one of the only other people that I know, like apart from yourself, that's very kind of actively like talks about sort of football. Yeah, yeah. Like, from from that st standpoint, especially within like the punk world and like. I mean, I'm going to figure up like Necra's a fucking rad band as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, we actually bumped into Kai when we were out in Nice for the Lioness oh, really? game. Yeah, she was out there with her football team, and um, yeah, it was really, um, really cool to have that kind of shared, um, shared interest. And unfortunately, we're rivals, but um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, again, this one might be a bit out there and people maybe controversial. I don't know, but I can't. I wanted to put Courtney Love in my team. Um, I mean, I kind of get. Yeah, I get it. Like, see, so a lot of people kind of bought like what I say. They they always have like a poster player, and I think like Courtney Love can be your poster player. Yeah, exactly, and just a bit of creativity, a bit of weirdness, a bit of like free spirit in the in central midfield and attacking midfield position. Um, I think as well, like people would be a little bit scared of her. Like yeah. they would like, I don't know, because like she'd maybe do something a bit weird and then you'd be like, I don't want to go near her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I put for my wingers, I've put Laura Jane Grace. Um, yeah. And that's partly because of height as well. So, you know, getting some headers in and getting in the box and stuff as well. And then I've also put Brody Dale on the other wing, just again, just someone I think is amazing and um, yeah. badass. So. For some reason as well, I don't specifically with, with Laura Jane Grace, I feel like they would be a good footballer. Yeah, something uh, about them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like just, I don't know what it is. I was, I was just immediately like, yeah, 
I think it might be like the way they present themselves on stage. Like you could imagine like the way they glide on stage like that translating well to a football pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cool. Right. Who's banging in the goals? I've got Kathleen Hanna banging in the goals. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a good shout. Yeah. So I think, that's, yeah. That's It'd be like... That's the thing, like, you can imagine, like, almost like a, a diamond of, like, Brody, Kathleen, Laura Jane Grace and Courtney Love. That would yeah. be... That would cause havoc. Be right? really cool. I like that. Yeah. That would be really cool. And can you just imagine as well, like, if, like, this is maybe just, like, the moment where I get a bit femme but like can you imagine our kit it would be exceptional you'd have <laughs> kathleen styling everyone um bit of sparkle bit of you know it'd be great <laughs> yeah i'm done for that <laughs> cool have you um have you got a manager um i don't actually have a manager. no that's cool that's sorry cool. I, do you no, know you're good. my other thing that i was thinking though was pussy riot has 11 members so i could have just cheated and just put Pussy Riot in <laughs> starting <laughs> they, could, they can be like the ultras. They can be the ultras, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, brilliant. Emily, this has been really cool and I appreciate you kind of like, uh, what's the word? Not divulging. I've lost my words. And enlightening me with the this and sort of like having this conversation with me, as I said, like it's something that I wanted to kind of put a bit more light on but I definitely don't have the knowledge and I'm not in the position to do it by myself so I appreciate you coming on and doing this with me. Thank you and I really hope that some of your some people who are listening do download the FA player and watch some women's matches because I think that's, yes, the, that's the way forward isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah perfect well yeah brilliant thank you very much. Thank you so much talk soon.